0: What's up, everyone? This is episode number 20 of the Wax Museum podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle. And as usual in the league, in the hobby, or at least as usual lately, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Um, I think Westbrook was traded for CP3 since the last time I recorded. We chatted some about that on my Instagram this week, which is at Wax Museum podcast. Also, I want to mention here, Chris from the House of Jordans podcast, he convinced me this week that I need to get a Twitter. So I have that handle now for you too. Uh, I couldn't get the name I originally wanted on there. So on Twitter, I am at WaxMuseumPC. Once again, that's at WaxMuseumPC. Give me a follow. I'm going to try and put some content on there that's a little different than my Instagram. Um, All right, well, before we get into the meat and potatoes of today's episode, I want to talk to you real quick about the newest Panini release, which is a a high dollar product called Opulence, which, by the way, one of the big group breakers, I'm not going to tell you which one, labeled this as one of the top three basketball products of the year, followed by seven exclamation points, and then they said, hands down. So... Well, I'd like to encourage you guys, don't just go by that. Obviously, they're selling a product, they're selling you to the break, so I'd like for you guys to use your best discretion instead. Those of you that are not familiar with opulence or you're not familiar with the product, it's basically a couple of older products mashed together, which is gold standard and preferred, but at a much higher price point. In my opinion, Preferred was brutal enough at, I don't know what it ended at, at the the price point, I think it was around $250 or $300, whatever it was, it was brutal at that price point. Um, Now the Opulence box is $1,000 per box, and you get eight cards. Um, Looking at the sell sheet, and just based off of previous years, there are a couple of main draws that I can see. Number one is the um, rookie patch autos that are numbered 79 or less, and then number two would be the NBA Finals booklets, and you guys know I collect NBA Finals stuff. Um, This product officially came out, I think, yesterday, but as far as rookies go, I can already tell. I've already seen one or two. The, The Luka cards are redemption cards. On top of that, they expire in January of 2021, which gives you 17 months so this isn't really a product that you want to sit on for long. Sorry, first off the line, guys. I know that's been a pretty serviceable strategy for some of you in the past. Um, not so much here. And on top of that, for those of you who think that Luca's auto is questionable in certain releases, and I'm not going to say whether you know someone else signed them or not. That's not for me to decide. This also means we don't know what version we're going to be getting here. So if you're not comfortable with those autographs, you know, obviously you don't want to spend money on a redemption card before you know what those are going to look like. As for the finals booklets, in the past um, we know that they've been one per case uh, and I can't see things getting any easier this release seeing as there appears to be fewer made. I do like that they've added the sponsor patch booklets and then the brand booklets which would be the Nike swoosh for each player. Um, the patch numbers looking at the checklist the patch numbers are real low. And I didn't even see a plain jersey version on the checklist. Remember, Preferred used to have the just the, the jersey booklets, which were still very nice. Um, I figure the rest of this material is either going to Eternal or it will be mixed up in generic products without any kind of NBA Finals branding, which is really a shame. Uh, I'm not going to open any of this, but I think I might try and get some of the Finals booklets on the secondary market. Hopefully they cool down a little bit. Um, now, just remember, when we look at a product like this, and I talked about this some in my National Treasures episode, you can still vote with your wallet to an extent, even though Panini has a, a monopoly on the whole you know, basketball card side of things. If you don't like certain products, save your money for others. That will at least tell Panini, you know, we value this type of a product that you're creating. Otherwise, you're basically paying $125 per card out the gate here, which seems a little high. Um, anyway, that's all I have to say about Opulence and its finals booklets and its RPAs. But that does move us to our main focus of the day, which is tracking several iconic RPAs of the past and present. Um, I already talked about the LeBron RPA a couple of episodes ago. If you didn't listen to that, go ahead and go back and listen when you're done with this one. Um, so I'm going to leave that one alone. But I want to talk about three players in particular. We've got Steph Curry, Anthony Davis and Luca, um, and I like these three players. I think it's a good representation of tracking RPAs because they're so spread out. You had Steph in 2009, you had Davis in 2012, and then now we have Luca in 2018. Um, I'd like to add one from 2015 eventually. I think that would be that would help me space everything out. But there's just so many hours in the day. So for right now, that's what we're looking at. Um, some of you have probably already seen it on Blowout or on Facebook, although I think it got deleted on there for some reason, um, or Instagram this week. But I basically build an online RPA tracker for those three players, and my technical skills are somewhat limited. I'm, you know, I'm not a programmer. I'm just, you know, a normal computer user, and I'm kind of at the mercy of Google's Sites feature. Hopefully, they don't shut that down in the near future. But I seem to have found what I feel is a good method that works for now. And it might be something that we have to build and adapt for the future. Um, I had several reasons, though, for doing all of this. And I want to run through those today and, and then also share my findings and results with you. And if you saw my Instagram post this week, you'll see, you'll know that there are a few major surprises. Um, so first off, reason number one, when we see major issues in the hobby... I really think that we should make an earnest effort to pool our knowledge and our resources to find a solution. We need to find tools and we need to create tools that are the right combination of practical and accessible. Um, Being practical is one thing, but if if we can't get to them or the hobby masses can't get to them, then they they don't really serve much of a purpose. It's really just that special elite group having that knowledge, which doesn't benefit the hobby as a whole. Um, so for those of you that listened to my interview with Dan last week and I hope you did I, I really enjoyed having him on you'll remember that I asked him a, a series of questions but one of them was was more or less what do I do if I want to buy a curry or if I want to buy a nice card at a card show so if we're buying something in person and I think he gave a pretty good answer it was, it was basically that we're going to have to look through sold listings and message boards and just use our best judgment but him and I both knew that looking through, you know, a thousand worth point listings and private photo buckets and thousands of archived messages on message boards, you know, there's really no time for that. Well, I got you guys. And here we are in, in 2019. I know there's a lot of controversy. There's a lot of shady stuff going on. We are going to take this hobby back. Okay, And I know that might sound cliche or that might sound silly. but We are going to take this hobby back. You are going to be a part of that. Okay, I'm inviting you to be a part of that. Let's do that. Okay, now, that's not to say um, that just because we have um, this tracker now, and let's say that that a card has no, you know, data on it, um, you know, we can only track what we know. So, and just because there's a picture of a card on there doesn't necessarily mean it hasn't been altered. So, just um, I want to caution you in using this. Use it as a resource to weigh your options, but not as an absolute. Um, And in addition to being useful now, I'm hoping that something like this discourages people from modifying patches in the future. Um, And then my final reason, and the one that I really haven't seen discussed with RPAs, is that doing this allows us to form patterns and to note consistencies and print runs where they exist. This is just too hard to do when cards are isolated, and I'll have more on this later. Um, So after studying these three cards in great detail, remember that's Curry, Anthony Davis, and Luca, I'm going to give a basic overview of the visual and the metrics of the card. I'm going to talk about any patterns that I have or haven't seen. And then I'm going to also identify known altered copies. uh, And then lastly, I'm going to give some of my thoughts for each card going forward. So if these trackers, if, if this is something that interests you, I put them online. If you're listening and you're at the computer right now or, you know, if you're listening and you're not really engaged in anything else right now, I'd encourage you jump on your computer, jump on your phone, take a look at this tracker at the same time that you're listening. It will help you to optimize your experience. If not, you know, find the page later and take a look. Um, the URL. So if you're ready for this, the URL for this is www.sites, that's sites with an s.google.com slash view slash wax museum podcast and I know that's a pretty long URL that's obviously the the free version it's not short and, and simple so I'll give that to you again here it's wwwsitessitesgooglecom slash view slash wax museum podcast alright so let's do this in chronological fashion Uh, which means we start with the Steph Curry National Treasures RPA. There is a gold version of this numbered to 25. There's also a platinum version of the card numbered to five. I'm just going to talk about the base version numbered to 99. And really that goes for all three of the RPAs that I'm talking about today. I'm not going to talk about the first off the line versions and so on. I'm just talking about the standard base copies. Um, All right, so for Curry, I'm sure you've all seen copies of this card before, at least online. This is a horizontal RPA with a large rectangular window on the left side and a picture of Curry in a Navy jersey on the right side. His name is written in script lettering above the patch, and then there's a blank area with his signature below the actual patch. Um, Panini used both Navy and white jerseys for this print run. The navy jerseys have gold patches with an orange outline, and the white jerseys have blue letters with both a gold and an orange outline. Um, I have never seen a good Curry RPA that uses either a nameplate patch or a number patch, so that's something that's very important to keep in mind. All patches I have recorded come from the word Warriors on the front of the jersey. That's both home and away. Um, So remember, they didn't use the numbers, they didn't use the nameplates, so that means they had to use a significant number of jerseys to get to the desired print run because they had the 99 here, but then they also had the 25 and the five. So you're looking at about 129 total that they're they're using jerseys and they're just using the word Warriors for. Okay, so the print run on this card though is 99. Um, Unfortunately, the serial number is on the back. And this makes it much more difficult to track these because a lot of sellers or collectors don't feature pictures of the back of the card. Um, Another example, I have two previous eBay listings that mention that the card is 44 out of 99. Neither one of them mentions the back, so I can't put either one on my tracker because I don't know which one is actually 44, so that's kind of tough. All right, so that was the aesthetics um, and the metrics. What about patterns though? So I have images for about 60% of this print run that I have identified serial numbers for. I also have about 10 or 15 that I don't have numbers for. Out of the roughly 60 that I have, only 10 of those are from white jerseys. And there's not really any rhyme or reason that I can see to the way that Panini cut these up. You don't see similar patches placed together sequentially like pieces of a puzzle. You don't see the white jersey pieces line up sequentially or even skip every other number. You know, if they were printing it on a sheet that way, you just don't see that. Um, So between that and the serial number being on the back, Panini did us absolutely zero favors here. We have still, however, been able to identify a small group of altered cards from this run. Uh, And I'll make sure to post these on my Instagram later this week so you can refer to them again but I'm going to run through them real quick and just talk about them. Uh, First off, I'll try and go in order here. We have 29 of 99 which has a faked patch and is now graded a BGS 9.5. There is no before photo for this card that I was able to find but I feel certain about this because the patch is not the same type of material uh, and the white jersey that the faker used has larger mesh holes. None of the other Curry's have this so The mesh is going to be a key here. If you see something that's way different material than the rest of the print run, which you can see when it's all together, that's a major red flag. Um, The next one would be 46 of 99 has a forged autograph and has been graded with that forged autograph. For some reason, um, it was wiped and someone tried to sign it again. We do have before and after photos. They didn't even do a good job with the second signature it looks horrible, but regardless, it was slabbed. Um, It was authenticated, but we know that it's not. Um, Next one, number 49 of 99 had the patch swapped out and is now graded. We have the before and after picks of this one. Um, And then honorable mention. I know I said I wasn't going to talk much about the gold and the the platinum print runs, but there are two cards in those that you need to know about, and I, I would feel like I'm doing you a disservice if I don't talk about them. The first one in the gold run, 2 out of 25 has had the patch swapped out. And then as far as the platinum goes, um, 2 out of 5 for the platinum has been trimmed and graded. So for those two subsets, uh, watch out for both serial numbered to 2. Both of those that are serial numbered to 2. All right, so going forward with Curry, we need to pay attention to these cards every time they pop up at shows or online. Um, We need to check the slab to see if the card has been graded again or re-slabbed. So even if the patch or the autograph looks the same, if you see a significant grade boost, it might be worth checking out the corners, especially if the corner previously was like a 7.5 or an 8. Um, That would definitely be something to look out for. Um, Check the autos though to see if they've been wiped. For example, number 16 of 99 has a smeared autograph. I've always been worried that that one might surface again um, with a different autograph. If it doesn't, however, and you're in the market for a Curry RPA and that one ever comes up, that one might be kind of a budget option because a lot of people stay away from that one because it does, in fact, have that smeared auto. Um, Several other cards have noted damage or significant grade boost. You can find all of that on the website. I suspect some of them are probably trimmed as well, but that's going to require um, quite a bit more work in the future. So that's something, like I said, this is a work in progress. Um, All right. So the next one that I want to look at, I want to move forward three years, and I want to take a look at the National Treasures RPA for Anthony Davis, which is numbered to 199 instead of 99 So here we have another horizontal RPA. This is back when New Orleans was still the Hornets. Um, this card features a very large picture of Davis in a teal jersey on the left side of the card. It looks like probably a staged shot of him about to shoot a free throw. The autograph is placed below the picture. Um, the patch is featured in narrow in a narrow window on the right side that nearly runs from the top to the bottom of the card. And keep in mind, there are 199 copies of this card. I've seen over 120 copies of this card in my studies, which once again is a little over 60% of the print run. All of those copies feature pieces of teal jersey. Now technically, I think it's called Creole Blue. Um, on the official color scheme and I know the gold is labeled Mardi Gras gold and then the purple is labeled dark purple okay so New Orleans fans I I haven't forgot about you I'm trying to be technical here Um, and then there are also some purple and white pinstripes on some copies now unlike the curry print run this card features a wide range of patches there are a ton of gold nameplate patches where the letters appear to be screen printed in most cases There are also some really nice patches with pieces of a Hornet. Um, I think when he was in Charlotte, I think the Hornet's name was Hugo. Little piece of trivia for you, the mascot was created a year before Hurricane Hugo hit Charlotte and he was created by Cheryl Henson, which is Jim Henson's daughter. Um, But anyway, some of the real nice patches though come from the words New Orleans. These are in gold block letters with a purple outline. Um, as an added bonus on the Anthony Davis RPA, the serial number is on the front of the card, which is great when you're trying to piece a tracker together. Uh, honestly, I hope Panini never puts an RPA serial number on the back of a card again. And, and based off of what is seen, I don't think they will. So I think that's something that's been corrected, and I'm very happy about that. Um, one thing that I also really appreciate about the Anthony Davis RPA And I haven't seen this method approached anywhere else before. Maybe I'm not the first one to do this. um, But when you take the time to gather the images and look at them sequentially, so you got to look at them all together, look at them as a whole, holistically, uh, we see a number of patterns. And I feel like this can help us to better verify the authenticity um, of some of those cards that we're not sure of. Once again, it's not going to be 100%, but I think it should be a big help. So when I say that, here are some examples, and this is where being in front of your computer um, could be really beneficial to you. If you look at numbers 16 through 20, so 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, it's five patches there. I have pictures of all five of those. They're all pieces of nameplate, and you can pretty much piece them all together. You can see that they're all similar. Um, Another example would be cards 162 and 163. They match up perfectly, and they're the type of weak nameplate patches that people would normally want to swap out. The benefit of that, though, is that you can see that these were coming out of boxes with a pattern. Um, 197 and 198 are matching pieces of a Hornet. Those are patches that typically people would question. Like, oh, those are, you know, sick. Those are too sick to, to be real. Well, we see that in the sequential print run, they line up. Now, does that tell me 100% that, the, that it means they're legitimate? No, it doesn't. I can't guarantee you that those are legitimate. But based off my studies, I would feel very good about purchasing one of those. And this type of stuff is important. Um, so looking at that, then I would then look at cards 152 and 154. Um, both of those cards have small pieces of a Hornet. It's not the halves like 160 or 197 and 198, but it's small pieces of a Hornet. We don't have a picture of 153 that I know of, but I would speculate then that that's a Hornet piece as well. So once again, this is where the pattern is very important. Um, 122 is half of a Hornet. If this is indeed a legitimate card, I would suspect that then 123 is going to look like the other half. This is a luxury that we definitely didn't have with the Curry RPAs and um, I don't think we're fully utilizing it to our advantage yet so that's something that I wanted to try and bring forward and present to the hobby and hopefully that's something that we can explore Um, unfortunately well or fortunately depending on how you look at it we have been able to identify a small group of altered cards from this run I'll make sure to post these on my Instagram later this week so you can refer back to them again Um, all four of these had basic gold nameplate patches and were then switched to nice three-collar patches. So you have 19 out of 199, 71 out of 199, 76 out of 199, and 170 out of 199. Now, 71 actually sold about 10 days maybe a little longer than that 10 days ago on eBay for $8,000. So we really need to find that buyer and we really need to let them know if you see that card pop up on Instagram, you know, let them know but be gracious about it, maybe send them a private message, give them a chance to deal with it first. It's not um you know, obviously that's that's a very kind of a traumatic thing for you. Um I don't, don't want to Downplay real trauma, but if you spend eight thousand dollars on a card and you all of a sudden you have people blowing up your Instagram saying it's fake, it's fake, it's fake, that's probably tough to deal with. So just be gracious about that. Um, copy 170 is currently on eBay for a cool twenty three thousand dollars. And interestingly enough, this seller has probably been made aware, aware of it already. Well, in fact, they have been because they mention in their listing. I bought the card a couple of years ago on eBay and it was graded already. Then I tried selling the card last year and somebody told me the jersey on the patch might not be legit. I called BGS this year and they said all the cards they graded are 100% legit. BGS said they don't make mistakes. Well, I hate to break it to everyone, but yes, they do, and they made a big one here, so maybe Jeep, uh, maybe even BGS should use my tracker from here on out. You know, That might be something that could help them. Um, going forward, similar to Curry, we need to pay attention to these cards every time they pop up at shows or pop up online. Um, for example, 142 out of 199 has a smeared autograph, but it appears to be just the jersey number this is one that would really scare me because it would be a lot easier to wipe just the jersey number and forge that without anyone knowing Um, so people need to know about that we need to keep an eye on that one several other cards have been graded multiple times including a card that has been a BGS nine twice Um, if you're attempting you know if you're buying that copy in an attempt to bump the grade at this point you know I, I would think that tells us you're probably making a mistake Probably not going to be third time is the charm. You can find all of that on the website. Uh, and then also similar to Curry, I suspect some of them are trimmed, but that's going to require uh, a bit more work in the future. Okay. So finally we have the 2018-2019 National Treasures Luka Doncic uh, RPA out of 99. Uh, the plan here, because you know this is a brand new card, the plan here is simply to get ahead of the game. If we track these from the start, maybe we can prevent some of this stuff. Um, Those of you that own these cards, it's my personal feeling that you should probably be all in on this project because I think it will help your cards hold their value in the long run. Uh, And that, you know, excluding his play, obviously we can't control that. Uh, Another good thing about 2019 is that a lot of these cards are being pulled on video, be it in personal breaks or group breaks So we just have better access overall. Uh, Looking at the aesthetics of this card, this one is a vertical RPA. The other two have been horizontal, this one's vertical. It features a large patch that spans the top, left, and center of the card. Panini used all royal blue or Mavericks blue, whatever you wanna call it, jerseys for these pieces. Um, These jerseys feature black block lettering that says Dallas. And then gray screen printed numbers that are outlined in white. Um, and it looks to me, most of them in fact, look like they are the customary number 88 patches that they use at rookie photo shoots instead of his real number, which is 77. The idea is that the eights make for more um, prime material. Uh, below this patch, you will see the infamous Lulu Auto. It's featured very prominently, it's the loopy version. Um, To the right of the patch in the auto is a picture of Lucas shooting his signature one-legged jumper and um, The serial number is stamped on the front of his left shoe Even this early in we've already seen roughly half of this print run I haven't seen a single nameplate patch used so far I've only seen three cards that feature the black block lettering that says Dallas everything else comes from one of the screen printed numbers, so you guys probably already listened to my National Treasures episode. For as critical as I was about National Treasures this year, I think Panini wanted to make sure all of the Luca RPAs featured prominent patches. As a collector, I say thank you. Hopefully, we won't have to deal with all of the swaps. Um, one thing I am curious about is I, I wonder if the Dallas patches could carry a premium in the future. But we don't know right now. The sample size is just too small. Um, as of right now, we don't know of any altered copies, which is good news. Um, there is a copy that it has some indentation marks on the front that's shown on the tracker on the website, among other things. Um, you know, either none of these have forged autos or they all do, which is kind of a joke. It depends on how you look at it. If that's confusing to you, you need to catch up and listen to episode 14. Um, and then many of these are already being graded. So you still need to be cautious and do your research before buying because it is such a high dollar card, Um, but it is encouraging to me because I think with just the the combination of factors that we've got here, I think this one is going to be less manipulated than some of the other ones. Now obviously we still need to watch out for trimming, but as far as patch and autograph, um, I don't think there's going to be as many shenanigans as we've seen with the others. Okay. There you have it. Um, this is a project, you know, that was just a quick overview. This is a project that will continue to evolve over time. I'm interested to see where it goes from here. Once again, the URL for that is www.sites, sites with an S, slash view slash wax museum podcast. It's www.sites.google.com slash view Slash wax museum podcast. Uh, Feel free to share it. It's free. I hope it helps people out. You know, at the very least, if you do share it, please let people know about this podcast as well. Let them know about the work that I've been doing. Um, I posted some of this on social media yesterday. I already saw people sharing it, not even giving me, you know, a courtesy tag. I did put a lot of time into stuff. I would appreciate that. Um, if this does in fact save you from an $8,000 mistake and you want to show your appreciation, I would ask that you consider making a donation to the American brain tumor association, um, which is www.abta.org. Once again, www.abta.org. Um, yesterday was national glioblastoma awareness day. My father-in-law passed away on Father's Day of 2018 after a long battle with this cancer. Uh, My wife and her family, they went through a very long process that no one should have to go through. And and really, you know, it's never over. Every day since then, it has been a separate battle for them. Um, So if you appreciate this work, please make a donation. Uh, You know, I'd like to surprise her and and show her that at least a couple of donations has been made. and, And really, any little bit helps. Um, All right, so I'm excited to also let you know that I'm going to have Adam on again next week. We're going to be talking about reforming the grading industry. I'm pretty excited about that one. As for today, if you didn't get a chance to follow with the tracker during the actual episode, I'll be posting some of these findings on my Instagram throughout the week, which is at Podcast.